Hey everyone, it's Austin Solomon. Welcome to this week's episode of the Real Wausau Real Estate Show. Today we are joined by the one, the only, Joe Avedir. Hello, Austin. Joe, for those of you who don't know, I record these podcasts over at Avedir Studios with Joe Avedir. And uh, we had to get him on one of these uh, episodes. We're doing a little impromptu here. Uh, this week's episode is called Can You Pay 20K Over Asking or 20000 Over the Asking Price on a House and Still Get a Good Deal. We're bringing in Joe because we're just going to have a conversation about this. It's something that uh, is kind of just an interesting question. And, you know, Joe and I were just brainstorming a little bit before the episode. And, Joe, what do you think? Can you pay 20000 over asking on a home and still get a good deal? Hmm, well... Let's see. I did have a little bit of an advantage talking to you before <laughs> we started recording, but uh, before before today, I would have said absolutely not because generally every transaction in my life there's a there's a set price to pay, and I want that price or less. Yep. To have a great deal, anything over that would be considered a ripoff. Right. So there's a paradox here, and you're gonna have to break this down for me. Exactly. Right. Right. So we were talking about that, and I asked Joe the question. Uh, and Joe, you know, Joe is fairly knowledgeable on uh, real estate because he's recorded all my episodes. But <laughs> <laughs> but aside aside from that, you know, Joe, um, you know, probably would would be, you know, a good example of like the average buyer getting into the market. Right. Exactly. Right. And so that's kind of the common thought in the market is like, well, hey, for every other transaction other than homes. Right. A price is set. And then you try to negotiate down from there, right? Exactly. Think about cars. You know, think about everything else. Like you're either paying the asking price or you're trying to negotiate down. And so that's what's interesting about real estate is that you have to almost back up a little bit and say like, well, where's the price coming from? Like who determines the price? And I was telling Joe that obviously, so I've been doing real estate for a little over five years. I've sold just shy of a thousand houses. And so I've seen a lot of different things. I've talked to a lot of sellers. And what I know is that in general, homes do, uh, in general, this is what happens, right? The agent suggests a price. The sellers kind of decide with the agent to determine a price on the house. And most of the time it's in line with the market, but there are times where perhaps either the seller or the agent uh, misgages the market uh, is not familiar with what's going on, what's recently actually sold, or maybe has some misinformation, and and so when they price the house, it's it's out of line, right? We've all we've all seen it, and we all really know it when the when the seller prices it too high, right? Then it's easy to recognize, but it's when they when they price it too low, then it becomes a little bit more, you know, a little bit more challenging, right? Yeah. Yep. So basically, what I would say is, as a buyer. Um, you have to understand that the pricing is not, it's not always fixed, right? It's not like some of the other commodities. Like I'll use the example cars where, Hey, the, the price of a car comes from the manufacturer passed down to the dealership. And then the dealership maybe has a little bit of flexibility where they have incentives, different things where they can do, but realistically that you're never going to get a steep, well, arguably you're never going to get like a huge steal on a car. Uh, you know, it's very, very seldom you would because that price is kind of fixed right? Mm -hmm. Housing is a little different. Um, that, that price is determined by people and sometimes people can be, can be high, they can be low, you know, or anywhere in between. Right. Um, so 
you know, I'll give you guys an example here, Joe. We were talking about this before is, um, you know, there was a house this summer that was priced at 160000 and which was a great deal. There was like 10 offers on the house. And my, fortunately, the party I was working with, they ended up getting the accepted offer. It sold for like 178 So they went 18000 over ask. Um, and there was like 10 offers, right? But I knew that if that seller would have just priced their house, again, they were asking 160 Everyone that came into the house was like, this is the best house that's on the market. Like we might as well offer, right? <laughs> but even if they would have, if they would have just priced their house at 189.9 from the gate, they probably would have still had a couple offers mm-hmm. and probably would have sold it right around there. So the point, the, the, to, to answer the question, can you pay 20K over asking on the home and still get a good deal? Joe, what's the answer? Definitely. Definitely right. And the best, the best gauge Right, but how do you how do you gauge it? Uh, that's that's the other question, right? Like, how do you, you know, it's just it's an interesting thing. Like, how do you gauge what a home is worth, Joe? Yeah, well, uh, just thinking about my house personally, I yeah. was looking for a very specific property, and there's the supply issue where, yeah, just like that car analogy, there's a huge supply of identical vehicles, but when it comes to real estate, a property can be so unique. Mm. And so one of a kind, and that that greatly alters the supply and demand curve, where the supply is one house. And, yeah. And the, a great deal very well could, for me, the great deal on my house could have even been more than I paid for it. I got really lucky on my property. Yeah. But I uh, I gladly would have went, you know, several thousand over. Right. To get this specific property. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Like you say, that brings up another good point too like different homes are worth different to di- different amounts to different people too right so the best thing that you can do as a buyer is if you have enough confidence to know the market and to have a good gauge of what prices and what homes are going for what's available like what are the available options out in the market and based on that you can kind of come up with your own conclusions on what are things worth right mm-hmm and then also having an agent that you can work with that you can trust so that if a home does come on the market and it's very underpriced and there's tons of offers on it, right, you can be in a position to say, you know what, I trust you and I know the market well enough to know that, yes, I can go 20000 over asking and I'm still either going to get a great house at a good price, um, you know, maybe I'll at least get a good, a good enough deal or a market value deal right mm-hmm. in a great place yeah so joe any last comments uh yeah when we were talking i was just i was just thinking about this just the native uh, price gouging came to mind like yeah. when i think of paying over the amount i think of price gouging and it's just such a uh, shift of perspective to kind of understand the, that the nature of the price on the market can be a bit arbitrary and understanding that the number that you arrive at, um, if you're happy with that number, um, after all that analysis, you know, it's a good deal no matter if it's above or below. Two, two really good points there. One, the number, what Joe, I just said, the number that you can, that a seller arrives at can be arbitrary, right? And we were talking about that, which I'm glad you brought that back up because, when I've sat down with sellers, a lot of times, again, we come up with prices, but sometimes sellers will just say, you know what, if I can get this amount, 
I'm happy, right? As long as I can get this, I'm happy. And maybe that number is, maybe it's 10,000 less than the market. Maybe it's 20,000 less than the market. Maybe it's 20,000 over the market, right? Like we've seen that too. But a lot of times that number can be arbitrary. I've seen it too, where sometimes people have a special number that's really important to them. And we give them a range of prices like, hey, hey, John, you should be between 190 and one, you know, you should be between 190 and 205. Well, Austin, I'm going to have to stick with my uh, stick with my number here. I was 19 on the baseball team, uh, you know, in high school. I'm going to go 190, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, you know, an example where that doesn't happen very often. But I'm just using that as an extreme example to, to, to let people know that sometimes that price is, it's not, it's not exactly calculated. Austin, I, I always was wondering what to do with those lucky numbers in my fortune cookies. Yeah, <laughs> just ta- tack them onto the end of the price, yo. <laughs> tack them onto the end of the price. Um, yeah, and then the second point that you just said too, Joe, like, right, the asking price of a home can be somewhat arbitrary. And then two, you said, well, hey, the value of the home is different for different people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, some people go into a house and they're like, you know, I would have to do all this different work to make it mine. Well, then it's not necessarily going to be as valuable as someone that moves in and they're like, oh, this is exactly how I'd, if I were to redo this house, I would do it just like this. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. It's like nothing other, it's like, like no other commodity really in the market. And especially when, when, when we have a robust market, like we do now, it just kind of makes it more, really makes you think yeah joe any last thoughts i'm yeah just i'm the more i think about that just thinking of how real estate is is the location is fixed so all these other commodities we're talking about cars uh, you know whatever else you can buy it's it's not a fixed item the location can be moved but that Mm -hmm. fixed nature just contributes even more to the variability of of the pricing because there's surrounding neighborhoods surrounding school districts right just an infinite amount of moving parts. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to go on a tangent here too. We're kind of getting a little long-winded, but it's good. <laughs> I had th- I had came up with this theory in my head and again, I don't know if it's if there's something to it or not, but I would say the most unique properties, you can you can like win the most on them or you can lose the most on them. Like and here's what I mean is that like you say, if there's a house that has just an amazing view, how do you put a value on a view, right? <laughs> How long do you want this podcast to be, Austin? <laughs> I know. Well, or if it's on the water too, right? Like that to one person, like if the water's of the utmost importance to them, then they're probably willing to pay a lot more than if someone's like, you know, it's not as critical. Like maybe I'll just do my... Maybe the extra insurance cost of being on a waterfront property or... Yeah, there's a lot of angles. Joe, no extra insurance on waterfront. No, fascinating. <laughs> Unless it's in the floodplain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, with the swimming pool, you got extra insurance. Maybe there's a water danger element. I should, I should look into that. I maybe, you know, maybe it's something I could uh, do a little bit more <laughs> research on. So, awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining in this week's episode of the Real Joe. Thanks for uh, grabbing a mic and uh, and uh, you know being part of the show. It was my pleasure, Austin. Thank you. See you guys. That's good, Joe.